We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. Extremely fortunate I am to be able to host this broadcast. D2, my co-host, Dolomite, Dave Martinez. You too, my friend. Very fortunate we get to do this together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you and I were talking about this. It's International Podcast Day. So I don't know. I know we've gotten a few international listeners out there. Um, We're not, I don't think we're huge you know, outside of the U.S., um, I think we're primarily central to the Georgia and Atlanta specifically. But hey, you know, we've got some. I know we got some people that are listening to us overseas. So I, I guess you know it's kind of cool, right, to say, oh, International Podcast Day, and we're part of that. We are part of that community, and for us, you and I are obviously incredibly civic-minded. We are Atlanta and Georgia proud. So even if we have no listeners anywhere but the great state of Georgia, that's all right. It doesn't change the fact it is International Podcast Day. We are here. We are so glad you are as well. Another thing, D2, as you well know, we're going to drop this episode at the beginning of fourth quarter 2020. I don't need to tell you this. Everybody also knows it's been a strange year, 2020, unlike anything any of us might have predicted a year ago. And now here we are, home stretch, final three months. There is a lot going on, and you and I just thought we'd give everybody a little bit of insight of what we've seen, what we've heard, to some degree, even what we're feeling in our business, because we know we're not alone in being an enthusiast for this lifestyle. And the more we all know collectively, the better off we're likely to be. Yeah, I mean, as one of the things that I think we all you know noticed from the beginning of this pandemic is, you know, with everyone working from home, that there's, you know, people have more time to you know, walk or run. And we start seeing a little bit more of that pedestrian active lifestyle in and around our neighborhoods. And um, it was definitely noticeable. We then started seeing um, reports and articles that maybe there's a running boom that's occurring, you know, and, you know, that's great for us and, you know, great for everyone that's participating because that means they're healthier, they're being active and, you know, hopefully relieving some of that stress and anxiety that's coming from, you know, currently in the situation that we're in and what 2020 is. And, you know, it's one of those things where I saw a meme the other day that they were talking about, um, you know, referencing the time change where we fall back and we get an extra hour, you know, and, and people are like going, no, no, we don't need an extra hour in 2020. <laughs> you can keep it. Exactly. Well, I've seen the sign that says, oh man, what a year this week has been. So I think there are a lot of us that are feeling a little bit fatigued, but we're going to dive in nonetheless. We're not going to take a break until we introduce you again to somebody who's a special friend of ours. For those of you who have been with us for a long time, you may remember episode number 42 on longevity. We're going to bring back one of our interviewees from that episode. Tell us what he's been up to as recently as Labor Day weekend. It will inspire you. But D2, let's jump right in. A couple of things that we'll note. Surely our business has done some things differently by necessity more than design. And I think this has some impact for all who are living that pedestrian active lifestyle. First of all, curbs and online shopping were not invented in 2020, but man, have they made an impact. 
Certainly curbside pickup remains a big thing at Big Peach Running Company. It remains a big thing in retail. But there were curbs long before 2020. I joke all the time. Why is it that it took this to happen before we started offering curbside pickup? I think that will be a bit of a silver lining. So for sure, whether it's with us or anywhere else, curbside remains a thing. Call ahead. You can buy online. You can now reserve online. Pick it up at Big Peach Running Company. That's not going anywhere. Ecom, we've spent a ton of money updating, upgrading our capabilities online. Again, we're not alone. Everyone seems to be doing that. The question now that seems to be coming up is what is shipping and what is inventory going to look like as we make our way through Q4, as we get into the holiday season? And certainly we're holding our breath on a couple of things and we've made some pretty solid plans on others. But D2, maybe kick us off a little bit for everyone who's wondering, will I be able to get my favorite shoes for my favorite person on my holiday shopping list this year? Will I be able to count on the update that I always get in fourth quarter coming out on time and having them when I have some time off during the holidays? What are some things that you think we should all be thinking about as it relates to Q4? Well, one of the things that we noticed, you know, when all this happened, and especially with, you know, um, things overseas and, and businesses shutting down, factories shutting down and, you know, affecting, you know, a manufacturer supply chain that affects the consumers. It affects us as a retailer in getting those products in a timely manner. And it's gotten better, but there are still some issues, you know, that are occurring, especially with shipping. There is a lot more people shopping online. A lot more uh, packages are being delivered and that is causing a strain on, you know, those that do delivery, whether it's uh, U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and any other delivery type, you know, they're stretched thin. And I had a conversation with, you know, with someone the other day that, you know, Companies like UPS and FedEx, they're, you know, they want to expand. They want to buy more planes to, so that they can transport more, you know, um, you know, materials and shipping and, and product and get them to people faster. The problem is, is that there's not enough planes out there. And even if they can get, you know, used planes, it takes time to convert them to become shipping, you know, you know, from passenger planes to shipping planes. And yep. that takes time, it takes resources, and it's not something that's going to happen overnight. So everything right now that we've kind of, you know, seen through the news is that, you know, you, you got to kind of shop early. And they're expecting people to shop early. They're encouraging people to shop early because of these demands. And we saw a little bit of this early on where people were looking for certain products, um, you know, in March and April because of the situation, whether it was uh, desks because, you know, you have kids and they're doing, you know, virtual, you know, school and, and the classroom. So they need a place where they can have, you know, their, their studies and or maybe you've got a home office and you need desks. You can't find a desk these days. It's very difficult to, and if you can, it's been the prices have been you know raised. So it's a law of supply and demand, high demand, prices go up, and that's you know had a conversation with someone recently about that because they were looking to buy or sell one of their desks, and um, that's having an issue. So that's having an issue on footwear. It's having on uh, uh, you know issues across every aspect, you know, of, you know, of our economy and, you know, when it comes to, to retail. So I'd say, yes, kind of shop early, start looking for things right now, either for yourself or for someone that you're going to shop for, start looking for it now. 
there is a little bit of some things where we are seeing um, some of our brands are having difficulty getting those materials and getting those 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 products to us in, uh, on time. There's certain models that we expected in early September that we may see you know next week, so they're about 30 days behind, and um, and then other manufacturers who have run out of you know the current existing model that they're already moving and ramping up the new model that's still a month or two out. So it's causing sh- shifts in that product cycle of when things are getting released. I think that indicates very clearly it's very fluid. And so a couple of things in terms of insight. First of all, D2 mentioned the challenge occasionally with getting product. There are many manufacturers in this industry that elected to cancel purchase orders that were potentially going to factories overseas because the anticipated fallout or demand for many consumer goods was so substantial, they didn't want to have a ton of unwanted product in their warehouses, forcing many price decreases at some point, whether it was towards the end of this year or in the future. By canceling all of those purchase orders and then the response so enthusiastic about this of the pedestrian active community to some degree of all of those who are now wanting to take better care of themselves and exercise is part of that. That was what was not anticipated. And you get this collision of all of those purchase orders that were canceled at the factory, not by retailers, but by the manufacturers not having those orders produced in the factory, up alongside the increased demand for some of those products because more and more people were taking to places they could go for a walk, for a run, for a ride, for a hike. And that has created some of the challenge. And D2, to your point, we're going to see some products earlier than normal because they're playing catch up and they're like, you know what? We blew it. We under forecasted. We cut the final two or three POs for a certain version or model. And now the version that was supposed to come out first quarter next year, we're going to bring it to market early because it's ready. We're putting it on a boat as quickly as we can. We're going to get it stateside. We're going to get it through customs and we're going to get it on the shelves. And even though that version normally comes out February 1st, man, are we happy to tell everyone now, unexpectedly, it's going to be in market by mid-November. There will be some of that. The other thing that you mentioned, D2, that I want to reassure all of our guests and at least those who are in this pedestrian active community, pricing and supply and demand will not be the same volatile effect that D2 rightfully mentioned that desks and other supplies that you might see at grocery, that you might see at home improvement. That will not happen. Our goods on our shelves will continue to be at MSRP or lower on everything. The prices are set way out. They were not set pre-COVID to be something that then would be elastic and change during COVID. So if you're used to paying a certain amount for a certain product, even if it's super scarce right now, you'll pay the same thing for that same product in the holiday season, unless there was a planned price increase long before there was a pandemic or even a shutdown. Right. I mean, and that's one of those things where, you know, the law of supply and demand, and and this is where we start seeing, and I don't want to use, to a certain extent, you know, um, when you start seeing desk prices increase and some other things increase, you know, you, you, you can maybe start thinking about, oh, it's price gouging. And it's not. It's just there is a higher demand. Um, and for us, we're lucky that our manufacturers and, and the brands that we work with, like you said, they're not going to raise prices. They're not going to take advantage of the situation. But also do a credit to them in the sense of when you say, they, oh, they canceled you know, their purchase orders and, and all this is, you know, they've learned and I think we've all learned um, – 
in the past because we've had this the situation where we've been over inventoried. The manufacturers have produced too much. And when a pandemic like this hits and you know businesses are closed, either temporarily or for some because of the situation that they're in and, and maybe the, the business that they're in, you know, maybe permanently. So they go out of business. And we've seen this happen, you know, years ago with like Sports Authority, just the way it was managed, you know, they end up, you know, going out of business. And then the manufacturer had all these extra, you know, you know, product that they had to take back and then discount. And, you know, they had too much inventory. So seeing that a pandemic was, you know, coming and that businesses were going to be shut down, they did the right thing. They did the responsible thing and and to cancel those purchase orders so that there wasn't too much, you know, product. But then, as you said, no one anticipated this boom of people uh, that would get into this uh, lifestyle and start walking and running and being more active. Um, and that's a great thing, but no one saw that coming. So that's where we're kind of, you know, at, and you know, and I think, you know, they've done a good job of trying to balance that out and they're being as flexible as they can with the resources, you know, that they have to meet that demand as, as best as they can. And when you think about if a model is delayed by 30 days, it's not bad when you think about it. And as long as there's still footwear out there that you can get, it's not like you're missing out on anything. It's just like, if you're working, like, oh, I heard it was going to be out on September 1st. I'm waiting on September 1st. And it's like, it's not there. It's October 1st. Well, then you might be disappointed. But most people don't know if a particular model is supposed to update September 1st or October 1st. They're not going to know. And I would say the forecasting is much more accurate now as we look at the remainder of the year and the first half of next where, and D2, you already mentioned this, where we're going to have some of our challenges, the ability to manage the logistics to get it to where everyone wants it to be, whether it's directly to your doorstep or whether it's to our shelves, that will be something that I think will require some patience and maybe even some creativity. Because even though those purchase orders are caught up, manufacturers at their own expense have put tremendous amounts of products on planes instead of that much more ex, uh, expense-controlled way of putting it on a boat just to be able to get product here, and there is no price increase. That MSRP, again, stays the same, even though the cost per pair to get it here, to be able to make up for that lack of a proper forecast or perhaps that inability to look into a crystal ball to see how many people would join the pedestrian active community, that's been at their expense. My guess is they're happy to do it. At the same time, us getting orders 30 or 60 days late is a reflection, you can't put the same number of people in a warehouse where they're picking and packing product. You used to be able to get three people every six feet to be able to put pairs of shoes or whatever the product was in boxes, get them packaged up, get them out on the trucks, drive them away. Now we're talking one person being in that same space. You put that across a 100,000 square foot warehouse that's picking and packing product all day, you have two choices. The two choices are get more warehouse space or simply pack less product. And of course, we've seen the fallout from both. Just like you said, you can't put a new warehouse together overnight. Right. And packing less product means less product arrives on time every single week. Here's the question we get all the time, D2, and here's the straight answer for everyone 
in our community. How's your business, Mike? How's Big Peach Running Company doing on this? I see more people running or walking than I've ever seen before. And for us, man, we are so, so thankful. We go back to our mission to grow, to support, to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle in and around Atlanta. And the mission field is so ripe right now. And we are just so encouraged by what we've seen, what we've heard, what we feel from our guests and from those in the community. What it has essentially been is a collision between those big activities that certainly contributed greatly to our business that are not available to us or not available to us in the same way and having the good fortune of serving more people in a one-on-one -on -one manner, in a more intimate setting than what we've ever had before. But it doesn't mean the economics balance out or that we've figured out how to ensure that our business is just as healthy as it was last year at this time. More specifically, packet pickups, always been a big part of our business, something we've been enthusiastic to do. And we could have packet pickups on a Friday afternoon in three or four of our stores because there were local races this time of year all over the greater Atlanta area. Of course, those races aren't happening. So therefore, those packet pickups aren't happening. Fridays serving one guest at a time as opposed to 300 people coming into a store for a packet pickup. It's a little bit harder to do, far more enjoyable and satisfying to some degree, but nonetheless, it is a slow boat to be able to get there. Things like the Health and Fitness Expo attached to the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Obviously, that's a nice haul for us to be able to spend a couple of days in the World Congress Center serving people who may not even be part of this community or live in the Atlanta area but are in town for the race. Something like that goes away, goes up in smoke almost overnight. That revenue is tough to replace based on its scale by just having more people who are fortunate for us to be coming through our door and who we're so grateful for. But it is still more satisfying than working at the World Congress Center to be in our own store or be able to do a virtual fit with someone and be able to meet. man, that's what he or she needs. That could be a transformative experience. So things are solid. We've still got some work to do. But at the same time, my goodness, we cannot say enough how thankful we are for the way this community has responded to us and to the invitation to get involved with this lifestyle. Right. I mean, I think as, you know, when we talk about the transition and the way things have kind of changed and, and people shopping online, and that's something that we've definitely seen, um, you know, we've had an increase of online orders and we've been able to meet that demand. And if we had not had uh, those systems in place, if we did not have a online shopping, you know, um, you know, store, then we would probably be in worse shape, you know, um, but being prepared and kind of thinking in advance of what the future is going to hold allows us the flexibility to kind of react quickly, to pivot, make those changes. Very similar to, as you said, you know, there's always been curbs, but we didn't offer curb service. But it was very easy for us then to do so because some of those things were already in place. We just hadn't called it that. You know, we had had services that we allow people to reserve, um, you know, an item online and they could do that from our website and then you know you can come in the store and come up to the you know register and we'd have it ready for you and you just pay for it and you know be on your way um or you could purchase it online and then just come in and pick it up and it's something that we've done for a few years but we hadn't called it anything specific and we hadn't called it a curbside you know a curbside service and now because people were concerned about coming into a uh, an establishment and you know you know having direct contact with people and trying to do social distancing then it was very easy then to say well now we offer curbside service so it was very very easy um to do that so 
Well, and that curbside service that you mentioned and some of those extra services, I think those are here to stay to make the retail environment better down the road for the same reason we think the pedestrian active lifestyle is going to be more vibrant and quite frankly, even more enjoyable for those of us who have been doing it for quite some time with more people to share it with, to more people to be able to experience it with. I think something like that, that you mentioned D2, all of those will be assets and quite frankly, make brick and mortar and online shopping that much more healthy in the in the days to come. Well, yeah. And I mean, and that's, like I said, we have that on our website and it's, you know, you can easily go to, you know, our website, which is bigpeachrunningco.com and then go under shop and you'll have a selection of, we've got women's shoes, men's shoes. So it allows you to quickly go to the category that you want. Um, but then we also have a reserve and pickup in store. And that's where I was referring to that allowed you to do that. You could pay online and come in and then pick it up, or you could just reserve an item and and then just come in and pick it up and you can specify whether you want to just do curbside it is you know or if you feel comfortable coming in then you could come in and we'll have it ready for you so all those things i think it's not just something that we're doing i think it's you know um everyone's doing i i know that i was doing for some items going to like a best buy they've had that available and it was convenient you know but i never used it until COVID happened, all of a sudden it's like going, well, that just seems like the smart thing to do. Sure. So offering convenience is one of those things that I think is um, something that we you know, are always going to want to do and do better and provide that better service. Absolutely. Convenience, it matters. D2, I know we're going to have our special guest join us. He is already on the phone. He is so prompt. We will not delay. We mentioned episode number 42. Here is the added detail. One of our special guests on that episode was a team member of ours, Don Gibson. The episode was on longevity, and Don had had a long and very successful run in running going into that conversation in his 70s we talked to three of our teammates who were in their 70s kind of caught up with what allowed them to get to that point where it was very much a lifestyle for them don this past labor day weekend blew my mind and that takes a lot especially when i'm already a huge fan of don gibson but do not let me gush about don without finding out has he joined us d2 do we have the good fortune of greatness in our midst yeah, hold on. We'll have to, we got to get him connected. So yes, we will. We'll have him after this break. Right on. Let's go to a quick break. We'll be right back after this brief message. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast, D2. I am beside myself, literally, figuratively, our good friend, Don Gibson, here with us. There's that familiar laugh. Don Gibson, hello, sir. Hello, Mike and Dave. Good to hear your both your voices again. Well, it's awesome. It's always awesome to hear yours. And obviously, so many things I did not expect 
in 2020. Most of them, I'm not going to suggest, are an all-out success, although there are plenty of silver linings that are out there as well. But one of the things I did not expect was catching up with you again about an event that I have to admit, Don, I had never heard of. So before I introduce this event and we talk a little bit about your recent accomplishment, was I the only one? Is this something that you knew about years ago and ultimately said, yeah, that's going to be part of some of the ways I spend my Labor Day weekends in the future? Or was this somewhat new for you as well? Um, this was its fifth year. And no, I hadn't heard about it until I believe last year. This is one, another one of the creative ideas of Gary Cantrell in Tennessee, or many people know him as Lazarus Lake, or Laz, and he, uh, he just turned 66 himself, and Laz, going back five years, knowing that it's harder for seniors to complete a 100-mile distance in the usual 30 hours, thought, oh, well, if we gave them more time, would they be interested? Would they enjoy doing it? And so he and his staff rent a park called Deadman's Park in Manchester, Tennessee. And uh, they made off exactly a one-mile loop in the park. And depending on your age, you get one hour for every year old you are down to 40, 40 and younger have 40 hours. I'm answering more than you asked, Mike, but no. So I had heard about it last year for the first time. And uh, with a deal from my wife, I said, well, I won't stay the whole time. I just want to go and look at it. I'll do 100 miles and come home. And I did. And I liked what I saw there. So I returned this year. Well, you may have answered more than what I asked, but you did not answer more than what I was going to ask. So you have a terrific <laughs> intuition. And so let me set this up. For those of you who've already heard this, you may have made your note, episode 42, it is required listening. And you will see why after I ask this next question and set Don up with this introduction to his return back to a race for the ages there at Deadman Park in Manchester, Tennessee. So on Labor Day weekend, Don Gibson, 70 plus years of age, in fact, a healthy, robust three quarters of a century, finished fourth and ran 176 miles in one weekend. Don, that is really cool and maybe entirely crazy. What was that like? Well, well, it, it, I, it, it's very generous to call what I and most other people do there, Mike, running. Because <laughs> in, in all honesty, I'd be surprised if I was jogging more than 20% of that distance. Um, 80% most of the time I was walking briskly. I've become a good walker, but I'm walking briskly. And by that I mean 
maybe 16 to 17 minute miles. But still, but persistence when, persistence carries the day. 175 miles over 75 hours is still an incredible indication of persistence. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I just think... <laughs> you are so humble. I love it. Well, there are, there are a lot of people. I'm, I'm 75. There were at least 10 people on the course already out there when I got there, including, and I wish I could remember the gentleman's name, there was an 88-year-old at some point during the weekend while I was there, had accomplished his 100 miles. Um, so that's what folks are out there doing, men and women, using the uh, years that their birthday gave them to accomplish whatever the miles they want. This year, I'm pretty sure, last year there were close to 155 people there. This year, the agreement with the state of Tennessee is that they would limit it to 60 competitors. But out of that 60, I'm sure at least 20 completed 100 miles or more. So, and you're right, and and I just pulled the results. So to remind you of that very impressive accomplishment, for sure, a gentleman by the name of Donald Jans, 88 years old of age from the great state of Florida ran a 101 miles. That is of course at 13 years, Don's elder. And yet at the same time, Don, I look at this and there are a number of people on this list who are in their seventies. And Mr. Jans is not the only one who was in his eighties, but it is still a really rare breed. Even if there are a dozen 70 and 80 year olds who ran a hundred miles that weekend, there are, I would guess hundreds of thousands of 70 and perhaps 80 year olds that have not heard of this event. And even if they had heard of it, have never considered doing it. And yet there you are out there making it happen with that tremendous humility that you do have. Instead of talking just about this accomplishment, it's awesome. It's amazing. I am in awe. And I don't just say that figuratively, literally in awe. And at the same time, what I think is more helpful is the fact that this is more evidence of you having made this pedestrian active lifestyle, especially with what you just said to indicate my pace. My pace was not spectacular, 16, 17, 18 minute mile. But this is a lifestyle for you, Don. To be able to cover that kind of distance is one thing. But the kind of distance that I love that you've covered is that you're 75, you're doing this on a regular basis, you're getting the most out of this fitness routine that you embrace, and you seemingly are having a great time with the fact that you're still doing it. What are some of the things that you would say at this point are indication of why all that is true? Of why it is true? Of why Um, it is true that you enjoy it, that you can still do it, that you've been doing it for so long, that the longevity is there. Yes. Um, Obviously, there's some, and we don't know what percentage. I I probably have some good genes. Um, My father has passed, but my mom, I should warn you, is 96. And so if you're driving through West Virginia, you want to be very careful if you get near (laughs) little Ford Falcons. So, so, okay, genetics helps. License to 100. Wow. So she's still driving. You're still running 100 milers. So there is some genetic 
prowess in your in those Gibson jeans. There is, but I mean, when folks and anyone listening to this, probably sixty or older, you know, if you look around you, um, runners don't typically carry much extra weight, and so it helps you keep the weight off. It helps you keep a healthy appetite. Um, I'm very fortunate to be able to work in an industry where there's a lot of runners. I get to talk with people daily about what they're running or they're just starting. But being active, it's something you love. is definitely heart healthy and overall physically and mentally healthy. And so when I look at my peer group who may not be as fortunate, Yes, that's a driving force to keep me active because I feel better. Well, and I know you are, are not just saying that, and, and I do not hesitate at all to say for those of you who might be in that age group or are wondering, man, should I consider myself that person who gets a really late start compared to others that I'm in my 50s or 60s, but now I get that I need to take my fitness routine a little bit more seriously or I want to fall in love with it perhaps for the first time in my lifetime, I know Don would not want me to withhold Don, D-O-N, at BigPeachRunningCo.com. He is a regular superstar on our team on the floor in our Marietta or East Cobb location on Johnson Ferry. And Don, I know you have inspired, perhaps even transformed many people in conversations that you've had with them without them knowing the full assortment of credentials or the depth of accomplishment of your own. For those people who you're talking to now that maybe because of the way this year has gone and they are starting a walking routine for the first time or the first time in a long time, or they're going to perhaps be more consistent in their running or their walking, what are some of the tips that seem to be coming out of your mouth maybe more these days than ever before? Yes. So seeing a lot more people walking, and I love that, um, and very often people are saying, Yes, I'd like to be able to run two or three miles without stopping. So a 5K race, which is 3.1 miles, is a, is a worthy goal. And fortunately, there, this is only one, but there's a website you can go to, Couch to 5K, and pick out a fictitious date, maybe three months out, four months out if you want, and it'll lay out a running plan for you with a lot of walking days off at the beginning. But the reason I like this approach, Mike, is that if you do this very gradually, it lessens the chance of your getting injured and falling out of love with this new sport. Mm-hmm. So yes, that I tell people very often that, um, five, couch to 5k excuse me and take this very gradual approach to building up your miles so that you don't get injured so that you continue to like this sport which is so healthy for your heart for you for your family for um, healthy aging man that is often are awesome we have oftentimes talked about gradual increases produce the greatest results and don i think you just walked us through why that is true well i tell you man you 
inspire me and I know so many others and I know we've already had our exchange but I'll say it again because I get to hear your voice up close and personal right now congratulations not just because of the mileage total or the fact that you had such a successful Labor Day weekend but because I know you did it for all the right reasons and it's a wonderful story that will encourage many others so again congratulations Don Thank you very much, Mike, and I appreciate you and Dave having me on, and uh, I think this is the time for me to jump off. Well, we'll let you do that, but certainly keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to seeing you soon, my friend. Thanks again, Don. Okay. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night. Well, D2, there it is, man. That is one of those things that you cannot make up. That is stranger than fiction. That belongs in 2020, 176 Miles, Don Gibson, Labor Day weekend, 75 years of age. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've done ultras. I've done 50Ks. And it, I still haven't gotten to that frame of mind of saying, oh, you know, 50 miles or even not even close to even considering 100 mile, let alone 176 miles. Uh, to me, that's the part where I'm like going, how do you do that? How do you – because it's a, it's a mental – thing that you have to do your body can do it we people have done it and we know it can be done but i think it's that mental part of convincing yourself that a you can do it and then going out and setting to do it and that's the part i don't have and i think you have to do that you have to convince yourself or you have to want to do it in order to achieve it otherwise it becomes very difficult if your heart's not into meeting that type of challenge. Yep, mental matters for sure. That's part of Don Gibson's strength and certainly the strength we all can dig deep enough to find, but it does, to your point, need to be important enough. What's important enough for us, for sure, International Podcast Day may only happen once a year. I'm glad I've had this time with you, but we're not going to make this a once a year thing. We're going to stick with our routine. Every two weeks, we'll be back. D2, you and I, we're fast approaching the 100th episode of the Run ATL podcast, so we've got work to do for sure. We do, and I'm not going to let you off the hook. <laughs> oh, no. Because we, if we're talking about Don and what he's been able to accomplish... You just recently hit a milestone this past weekend. You hit the big 5-0. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. I did. That is true. Thank you. You've been very generous, by the way. And although it is one of those markers that perhaps means much or gets much publicity when people get past that threshold, I did not feel any sense. Just like you, you gave me the preview that you didn't feel any differently by the time you woke up the day afterwards. I feel incredibly blessed, super thankful. And for some of the things that Don said, even though I'm 25 years younger, which is crazy, 25 years younger than he is, I already feel that that's true. That staying with it, doing it gradually, although I have to say, similar to what you just said, I've done 100 milers. I've done pretty fast 100 milers that I would say were really successful. There are times every once in a while now that I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I ran that far. Because right now, 50K, every once in a while, 40 miles, that's pretty cool. If I get the right terrain, the perfect day, the weather's awesome, and the scenery is right, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. But the idea of running 175 miles, 25 years younger than Don, I need a little bit more in my mental tank before I'm ready to take that on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, one of the things, and you and I kind of discussed this because, you know, as you you already said, you know, I turned 50 last year and you asked me, it's like, well, you know, how do you feel? You know, and I'm like, no, it doesn't, it feels the same. It doesn't, to me, it's not a big milestone. It's like, wasn't like anything like I woke up and I felt different. Yep. 
Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of, of who we are as individuals and, and as far as um, how active we are that I think makes a difference. And there's studies out there, and I referenced this uh, one book, Sean Aker. Um, yeah, the, um, the Happiness Advantage. The Happiness Advantage. In that he did a study that he had people, um, you know, I can't remember the exact age, but he had them kind of live, you know, back when they were younger and only talk about things and only had reading material from that time period. So they were living like they were younger. And then when they left, they felt much younger than they did when they started the study. So a lot of it does come down to mentally, how do you feel and what, and you choose how to, how to put yourself in that frame of mind. You don't, you don't let someone else choose that for you. So I think for us, you know, as in, if there's anything that we could share with anyone else who's younger than us and, you know, would need some advice, I think it just comes down to mentally thinking, you know, if you think you're younger, if you act younger and you're, you know, enjoying yourself, then you will be younger and you won't feel like, you know, life has passed you by or, or, you know, aches and pain stuff. I mean, we're all going to get slower. We're tighter. We need to stretch a little bit more. And there's <laughs> things that we need to do. There's things that ache that we didn't, but at the same time, you know, I look at my, you know, at, at you know, at my parents and I am more active and I feel healthier now, you know, at my age than they were when they were at 50 because I was, because I've become more active because I go out and I run and I cycle and I do a lot of other things and I strength trains and, and all those things are going to help keep me younger. And I think that's probably what has helped Don who at, you know, what he said, 75, mm-hmm. 80, you know, you know, is, is, is still going and he's accomplishing these things because for him, it's, it's just a number. Age is just a number. It's how you feel. And, and as long as you're continuing to be active, then you'll, you'll feel young. Well, here's the last thing I'll say when we'll wrap. But for those of you, to your point, D2, who are younger, I can tell you, I didn't think about it way back in the way back this year. As some of you may remember, I had planned on my 25th anniversary for my first marathon and talking about, well, gosh, could I still run that same time now 25 years later when I was making certain what I'll call deposits in my consistency with my running and my fitness with some core strength, with some decisions about my nutrition and what I ate or maybe more oftentimes what I did not eat. What I felt was necessary as a more elite athlete at the time relative to hydration, but now is just more of a lifestyle of staying consistently hydrated and trying to make sensible choices with food and beverage. At 50, one of the things I did think was a little bit different is how grateful I am for making those choices then, building those habits at that time, because I believe they are paying dividends. Now, I didn't recognize it when I was 32 and had been doing it for a few years. I probably didn't think about it when I turned 40. If nothing else, because I went out, took a very long run four towns away to get to a coffee shop to keep me young because I knew I would have that mileage in before the rest of my family was up ready to celebrate me. And knowing over that very hard-earned and very much-enjoyed cup of java that some of those choices that I made, whether it was getting up early, getting the mileage in, deciding what I was going to eat and drink for the day, man, 25 years later, it's made a difference. And it does matter even though you don't know it when you're younger. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's one of those things as well, because I didn't start running, you know, at that level or even as consistently like when you did. I was off and on maybe through college. I was never really considered myself an athlete. Um, Then, you know, after college, you know, you start getting, you know, your career going and all that stuff starts, you know, taking more of a priority. You 
I didn't focus really on my health and, and what I was doing and, and eating. And it wasn't until, you know, I was in my 40s where I made that more of a focus where I said, I, this is the lifestyle that I want. I want to be able to wake up in the morning and want to run and not feel like, oh, I have to go out and run. And that changed my mindset. So I started going out and started doing things um, slow and shorter distances because I'd always try to do too much. And I, you have to kind of build up to it as we you know, tell everyone, start, start with a little bit. You know, things that, you know, whether it's starting slow at a slower pace, shorter distances, and kind of build up. And, you know, the mistake I did in my youth was trying to go like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm, you know, 22. I'm going to go out and run a, you know, a half marathon. And then it's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm sore. And, and then you, you stop altogether. So for me, it wasn't until I probably had my maturity, uh, you know, at, you know, at 40 to be, okay, well, I'm be more consistent. And since that I've done more and I've been able to be consistent over, you know, the last 10 years, to where I've tackled, you know, almost every distance up to, uh, you know, a 50k. And even last year, when I turned 50, you know, some people are like, Oh, well, you know, maybe you go out and do a 50 miler or something. I'm like, No, that's not me. Or, you know, it's like, I need to do something that's more that continues that message. And so for me, it was like, I wanted it to at 50 to be better than I was at 25. You know, at stronger, fitter, healthier and that has kind of maintained you know kind of you know my lifestyle and kind of going forward and i've had some setbacks you know when you have things you know like work and we had you know like we talked about the pandemic and things kind of changed and there's times there where i wasn't running earlier this year and then i got injured but i did things that kept me focused and consistent and said okay well if i can't run what can i do okay well i'm starting lifting weights because i wasn't lifting weights and now i'm like man i can't believe i wasn't doing that now it's part of something that i want to do because i see the benefits of it and you know you know during the break we talked a little bit about running today and i'm like i had the best run this morning part of it was because of the cooler temps but i'm coming off of an injury and i just realized that you know even if it was a cold temps Maybe it was because of the strength training. Maybe it was because I, 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 I did the right things to recover during that injury. But I feel like I'm back. I'm back to prior to being injured. I'm as strong. I feel like I've got my speed back. It's going to take a little bit more work to get to where I was maybe, say, three or four years ago. But I'm like, I feel good. I'm 50. I'm going to be 51 in a couple months. And I'm like, but I feel great. Today was like one of those days like, man, I feel great. and just feels awesome. And it's continue to do those things to better oneself to you know which helps mentally helps professionally helps with everything and you know i think that's the only thing that you can do is is to continue and just set those goals and they don't have to be lofty goals it doesn't have to be you know like don said a 5k perhaps yeah it could be a 5k it could be something as simple as like i need to do more core work what am i going to do to strengthen my core and make a plan and set it set it out and saying okay well even if it's you know 15 minutes one day a week, great, do that, but be consistent at it. And then once you're, you've reached that and you feel comfortable with it, then do it two times a week. You know, you know, make it 30 minutes or whatever. Continue to do that to where you continue to get better and stronger, and it's a slow process. And that's a, the thing that I think I didn't have in my youth was that patience. To, to work towards that and to see the results as they happen, you know, and, and to be grateful for it. Um, because I do think there's times where I'm like, oh, man, this is like today I don't feel good. I'm like, it's not working. I should just quit altogether. 
but you got to go back and go, it, it takes time. It takes patience. You know, it, you know, I didn't, my body didn't deteriorate overnight. You know, I didn't get older over, overnight. It's taken 50 years to get where I'm at now. If I want to feel, you know, and be as strong as I was 25 years ago, it's going to take some time. So I think that's, that's one of the things I think that we all kind of, you know, if there's any message about getting older that I would suggest or, or, or pass along, it'd be that. Just be patient and just keep at it and be consistent. That's awesome. Like Don and D2 said, maybe it's International Podcast Day only one day a year, but that guidance from both of those gentlemen, that is timeless information. We have no other choice at this point, D2. We got to come back in a couple of weeks. We've got a few episodes before we hit our century mark. We've got some great guests lined up, and I'll say it one more time. We are so thankful for y'all listening, certainly for everything you've done to make us feel like this year is going to be just fine. It matters. It's made a huge difference. We so very much appreciate you. And with that, we will sign off for now. As we say, as we certainly mean, may your best miles be those covered on foot. So long, y'all. 